Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Hour number three, glad you're with us across the network and streaming live at OutKick.com with Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton with you. 6th and Peabody, our location, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. And there are a handful of guests that give us energy based on the grind that they bring every single day to their work. And I still don't know how this guy continues to do it day after day with On3 Sports now after Rivals and 24-7 have uh, been massive successes. Outsider brand is everywhere now. And Chad, we've now got some... Transfer portal rankings. Shannon Terry joins He's us. He's a man that does it all. Shannon Terry, yeah. a buddy of ours. And uh, this is really cool, Shannon. We, we saw this tweet, uh, and this is being released today. I'm going to read your tweet because it perfectly describes what you guys have going on. On three, releasing the transfer portal ranking. Transfer portal ranking. First of its kind algorithm that weighs transfers in and transfers out in a plus-minus system. And you're reminding people the best in-shape programs – probably won't win the transfer portal. They just don't want to lose ground, which I think is important to keep in mind also. Shannon, thanks for hopping on with us. And it's amazing to see how the transfer portal has transformed the sport we love so much. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a new game in college sports. Um, you know, and, and, you know, guys, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, just landed at the uh, beautiful Bellagio hotel here nice. in Vegas. They say, they say it's a non-smoking room, but I'm not buying it. So, uh, <laughs> it's going to hang in. And, hey, uh, hey, and for you, for you or the previous, uh, person that was there. I don't think I could, I don't think I could have a cigarette. That's, uh, <laughs> well, I know you like cigars though. Yeah. Okay. My mom kill me. But, okay. Fair, uh, yeah, fair no, enough. No smoking here tonight. Um, transfer portal. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's changed, uh, college sports. Uh, in so many ways, we, you know, we saw it with USC um, this year. Um, it, you know, we also saw it with Georgia. You know, we saw it with a program that didn't hardly do anything with transfers, if any. I can't recall if they even had one. Uh, and that's something that Kirby spoke about. Uh, it was more about, you know, player development and recruiting. And, you know, and the, and the underswell we're hearing with Alabama this year, you know, not a lot maybe in the transfer portal focus because they're, they're targeting on a recruiting class. So all programs are going to, are going to activate this different. And I think the very first fundamental rule with Transfer Portal, it is not like recruiting in the sense that the teams that that typically are going to win the Transfer Portal probably are going to have to or going to need to. And your, your programs that have a lot of continuity, um, development, good re- rec- uh, recruiting classes, they're doing well you know, probably are going to place high. So we built our ag- algorithm in that fashion. You know, it's, it's added so much uh, uncertainty for fans when you look at just how you project from season to season. And we've joked about this before, Shannon. I don't even look to see what class a guy is at a school. I don't even know half the time because year to year, you know, everyone could be going somewhere else. But there's also that sense of hope with it. 
that, well, yeah, this, this is going to be a problem spot, but there's the portal. Now it works the other way also. This looks like a strength, the receiving core next year for X yeah. favorite team, but the portal could affect them. Um, I'm, I'm sure when you're, you're working in, in your business with On3 Sports and watching those different team websites, you see the interest in all of that raise from, from year to year, offseason to offseason. What does that increase look like for you guys? You know, one of the advantages we have is that you know, we're a team-based market. You know, So we have all these reporters in markets. And so we, we get to hear the stories kind of throughout the year and, and have a good idea of what's going to happen you know, right as it's happening or or before it's happening. And what we're seeing is really interesting uh, as it relates to the portal. First thing this year um, that we have seen um, is that we have seen the schools, and I'm not going to name any names right now because I don't want to get in trouble and I'm working with, with a lot of them. The schools that have been ahead of the game with their collectives, okay, been out front, proactive, you know, not this wait and see, you're going to see a you're going to see a lot of stability and continuity in their programs, and I will name one: Tennessee. You know they've got four or five kids. Uh, I think that are entered. No surprises whatsoever. Um, I think it would be safe to assume they took care of business. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and 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 they've been noticeably out in front as it relates to you know the the sophistication and the structure of their collectives. That's not all the case. There are a lot of big-time programs, believe it or not, again, not to name any names, that are way behind right now. So, so that's the first thing you're seeing. So the, so the consequence of that is that even though there's 1,000 people, 1,000 athletes that have entered the portal over these first couple of days, I haven't seen the extreme quality maybe that I expected um, that it, that's hit the marketplace today. And I think a lot of that has to do, um, you know, with with some of these programs have have gone in, they've done their work uh, before this this magical day happened. Shannon Terry with us on Three Sports. Shannon, you certainly know how uh, the internet and and everything grew the recruiting world, uh, and you were the first in there with rivals to jump in there and the frenzy and the fervor for the college football fan base covering high school juniors and seniors and and where they're going to end up. That process, you know, originally, um, and it feels like forever ago, led up to a big signing day in February, and there yep. was this grand big deal about where kids were going. This 45-day window now, is this going to be bigger than even signing day was? Are we about to see uh, even more of an attraction to on three because of the transfer portal itself and how quickly programs and fan bases can transform expectations? Absolutely. I mean, I, I love it. You know, we started we started on three two years ago. And look, I've done this for 27 years. And so there was a lot of debate whether I was going to get back into sports media. Um, people close to me actually didn't want me to even touch it. You know, they wanted me to like slow down and stuff. But there, there were a couple of factors that, that led us to start on three. And the first was around NIL and transfer portal. I mean, we knew, you know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that there's going to be a perfect storm of news and stories. And that that doesn't even have anything to do with playoff expansion and, you know, all, all, all that's going on there. So so signing day got fractured a little bit, you know, when they, when they went to two signing days. But there's a window now 
uh, with transfer portal portal through NIL uh, and recruiting. It's just a it's a phenomenal time to be in the business. And and I mean, I there's there's no rest for us. This is I'm, we're so excited about what on three is doing. We've been in business for 15 months. It's growing about five times faster than 24 uh, seven, which grew significantly faster than rivals. You know, we're just trying to hold on for dear life right now. It's definitely a great time for us in sports media covering college sports. Do you think it's a good time to be in college coaching? And I asked from from this perspective, because we had Clark Lee in studio last week, and of course Vanderbilt head coach, and he was very open talking about, hey, I got one guy that, you know, multiple teams or someone represented teams reached out to. And this is just yep. something that goes on and something that's going to happen, um, especially if you're a team that traditionally has not had the same level of success as some others out there. How frustrating do you think that is for college coaches and how much more difficult has the transfer portal and NIL made their jobs? Let me look at it a little different way. Okay, so the unintended consequence of NIL slash transfer portal is that you now have an athlete that is taking education, financial literacy, life skills to a whole new level. And so when you sit down and you talk to these young men and women now, they're listening in class. They're they're looking to do deals. They're they're on YouTube learning about, you know, taxes and finance and all the things. So you're speeding up, you know, and here's the other thing. I've got a lot of friends that played pro sports. Everyone else was like, I didn't have a clue into my second contract. I think NIL is speeding up the the emotional uh, life skills maturity of athletes by as much as a decade. Okay, so if you're getting a preponderance of more athletes now that are are more advanced, listening, they're developing life skills, they're maturing, they're growing. There's going to be a residual effect to that to society. Okay, and there's going to be an effect to that in the locker room and and with these with these coaches. So I personally believe to start with NIL, and I know these athletes have enormous benefits, training tables, unlimited gear, connections, and the list goes on on free education. NILs, the absolute, one of the best things to happen to student athletes um, for that, for that education life, life piece. Okay. From a coaching perspective, they've got to deal with it now. And so, you know, they've, they've got to have their house in order in a world where they really don't even understand the rules. And so where I feel for the coaches and the, and the schools from the perspective of, 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 I don't feel for them in the perspective of their relationships and the development um, and, and having to treat the athletes a certain way. I do feel for them because of the ambiguity, ambiguity and the rules and the compliance and what they can and can't do. You know, and so in kind of include in conclusion here, it's an inefficient marketplace right now. And I think it'll take a couple years to work out, but I really all the naysayers, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think I think everyone's gonna find their place through this. For years and years, first off, another great part about this time of year is coaching searches and coaching hires. And there's some going on right now, and it's very beneficial to your industry, I know with on three sports, Shannon, but for years and years, it was, all right, if you're going to interview a coach, what's your track record, but what's your offense, what's your defense, what's your recruiting plan? And now it's, what's your offense, what's your defense, what's your recruiting plan, how do you attack the portal, and what's your plan for NIL? And what are your assistant coaches' plan for NIL? And are you going to embrace NIL? 
And that goes with every job, whether you're Deion Sanders at Colorado or Hugh Freeze at Auburn or Alex Golish at, at South Florida. Um, you talk to a lot of coaches and you employ a lot of people, Shannon, that talk to coaches with these different websites. How big of a factor is that in terms of how they interview for jobs and maybe more importantly, what athletic directors, what school presidents, the questions they're asking them about this facet of their program? I mean, there's so much to unpack here. Um, you know, the first is on the flip side, when, when, when coaches are coveted and they've got choices of schools, you know, I think one of the things, you know, it's always been about the relationships with the athletic director and, 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 the, and the president. And I think that relationship and that connection now is more important than ever, uh, you know, between, you know, between the coach and the administration. And so that, that is definitely a factor. Um, the, the other piece here, if I'm a coach um, and I'm looking at, at a job, you, you can bet that I'm going to really dig in and find out about that support infrastructure around that collective and then what the school is doing on the on the brand sponsorships, group licensing side. You know, because, you know, because the school, you know, when you look at who touches the NIL process within an administration, um, it's I think like it's like 10 different people are part of that process from like four different divisions of the school. You know, so it's not just the athletic department. It's not just the football team. There's so many people involved in that. And then who are they working with outside? Who are their, you know, third parties that they're doing business with? There's a big play there. Here's an interesting concept. And I don't know if this is going to work, you know, but if I was a head coach, I would go try to hire a badass general manager, you know, because it, it gets to a point where there's there's becoming so much operational. Um, there's so much operational uh things now that 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 are at the highest priority i think that the, the scope of what a head coach can and can't do and have time for maybe get, is getting beyond their skill package into you know more of your you know corporate c suite type executives um even if you take out the talent evaluation side of it but i but i think a general manager a powerful general manager or a coo is going to have to be kind of the next wave that we get into in college sports. So you started, Shannon, with the, the star rating at Rivals. You end up with a composite ranking at 24-7. How do you determine the ranking system here for the portal? It's, you know, this is the great thing we've been doing. Since we launched the ON3 NIL valuation, which is, you know, this really complex algorithm that that determines what athletes are valued by looking at all the collectives and the, the NIL marketplace and, and the kind of the influencer network, we knew from the start that what we had to do would rate and rank college players. And so even though we don't publish that data, we have a team of scouts behind the scenes that are former, uh, that worked in schools, that are former scouts, uh, that actually position rank uh, all of the college, not all of them, a majority of the college players by position. And then, you know, because positions have different values. And so, the portal rating is heavily driven by their college player rating with a default fallback to their recruit rating, you know, which is kind of a more of a ceiling. And so that data that we've been building for the first 15 months for NIL naturally walked us into uh, the transfer portal uh, ratings, rankings, and algorithm. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by what you're talking about, the general manager. I mentioned Clark Lee earlier. He's got Barton Simmons, who you know well as his GM. 
John Robinson gets fired today from the Titans. And as you're talking, Shannon, I'm thinking, you know, if John Robinson didn't immediately get an NFL job, what college program wouldn't be interested in John Robinson, someone who was a successful GM in the NFL that could come in and talk to guys about development to get ready for the next level? But it also takes a layer of responsibility off the coach from a media perspective. So many of these guys get bogged down. I think at times we see less and less of coaches doing interviews. Maybe they're doing something on social media, but their time wears thin where if you had a semi-famous general manager, they could carry the torch with some of that part of the job also. You just got me thinking about that on, on multiple levels of possibilities for some bigger programs. Let me, let me give you a bigger reason. Um, a bigger reason is when programs become successful, what's the first thing that happens to their assistant coaches and their coordinators? They get rated. They, they, get, they, get, they get rated. And so if, if you're a head coach, you, know, you look at the problems that Saban has had. Okay? You know, Saban, Saban has some great classes and he has some missed classes and some great classes. He's had to deal with lack of coaching continuity. Like it's, it's unbelievable how successful Alabama has been considering how many different coordinators and coaches will think of the disruption through the recruiting process. So another reason a coach uh, or a head coach, in my opinion, needs that strong number two in place is because you're going to see less and less continuity uh, as we go forward. I mean, you know, everyone wants success right now. And the way you get success right now is dump what you've got and get the next shiny toy. And so, you know, you bring that C-suite, you know, kind of right hand into an organization that can wear a lot of those hats. I think it would help keep a lot of the processes in place, especially around recruiting, transfer portal, and NIL, which, by the way, are the three primary focuses of On3. Do you think if a coach is a good high school recruiter, he's a good transfer portal recruiter? I think transfer portal is the easiest thing because you've got – you know, and I think coaches also would rather have – they'd rather look at the transfer portal in most cases than they would recruiting because you have a body of work of an athlete playing in front of X thousand people against, you know, developed people. And so you're going to see things like transfer portal combines. You're going to see a lot of things uh, pop up from this. But I, I personally believe you don't have as much ceiling with a lot of those kids. You know, maybe the star luster, the luster mm-hmm. is kind of gone but you have a lot of consistency in that evaluation process. And you can see them immediately. You, know, you see them immediately. Yeah, yeah. results. Jo- job really savers Job savers in some cases. Quarterback could be, yeah. Quarterback yeah. could be. I'm really curious how the offensive linemen are going to play out in years in the portal. That's such a hard position, you know, to come in, um, you know, a lot of cases and, you know, start working with guys and start, you know, immediately. So we're going we're gonna to learn a lot over the next couple of years, but – What's not going to happen is is fundamental changes to the fact that athletes are going to have the ability to earn money and athletes are going to have the ability uh, to go where they want to go. Those two, those two things, they're not changing. So buckle up. Shannon Terry has been our guest joining us from Vegas uh, at the Bellagio. Um, what's on what's on what's on, on tap for you immediately after this? Uh, sports business conference. Uh, I get the uh, the uh, opportunity to host two panels, which I'm going to absolutely suck at because I'm not <laughs> not really my jam. But I'm not like you guys. But uh, I'll give it a shot. So I'm doing that tomorrow. Uh, 
tonight I'm going to hit Delmonico's Steakhouse. Nice. Right here. It's oh, love that. Uh, Grant Furkin, uh, Go Vol said that's the one you got to go to. So we're Grant would know. The man is a world yeah. traveler. Grant, he knows all the yeah, good spots. Speaking of general managers, he's the general manager of good advice. So uh, I, I take it. Yeah, yeah he, he may be hire. Tennessee's next GM too. Who knows? <laughs> you got to hire him away from Shannon. He's a heck of a young man, and I hear he's got some big news coming out here pretty soon. So okay, maybe have him on. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, good luck, absolutely. Shannon, being the question asker on the panel, not the question answerer. Yes. I feel like you're you're accustomed to that role, <laughs> but asking the questions may be a little different for you. I'm actually doing two panels, and I promise you this: I'm going to suck at unbelievable <laughs> levels. So I, <laughs> I highly doubt that. The one yeah. thing that will not suck for sure is Delmonico Steakhouse. So enjoy that. I part can't up. wait to get there. Hey, always appreciate it, man. It, it never, you never Love disappoint you guys, on the show. Man. Appreciate you. Yeah. There's Shannon Terry on three sports. Uh, there's another, the next successful venture of Shannon Terry. Um, that crushing and the, it. the 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 you know probably four hundred dollar steak he's going to devour tonight. Yeah, Both successful four hundred dollar steak. Um, I was a bit surprised he wasn't in like the more palatial suite there at the hotel. Well, it sounded to me like he was going to be moving rooms shortly after that. I don't think he he appreciated the smoke I smell. I wouldn't either. I am not a not a smoke smell guy. So if you can smell that right yeah. away, I uh, my, my guess is that he will be in a suite at the Bellagio very no, shortly. No doubt. And I mean, knowing Shad, I mean, from Rivals twenty four seven, and again, he just he repeated it, but he just changed the process of ranking. Right, it's just a composite ranking instead of your own star ranking. He will develop all this, sell it. And then he'll come up with his own composite ranking for this years from now. Well, he'll have, um, I mean, a different algorithm. They'll just keep coming up with algorithms yeah. that will continue the to, next process. to and make everyone him successful. Else will mimic. The That's man's right. a, he's a smart dude. No and doubt. I always feel like I learn something every time we talk to him. But he's right about that. You know, we, uh, I was at a speaking engagement earlier today and a lot of questions about NIL and Portal and is it good for the sport? And my response was, well, I'm a traditionalist from a college football standpoint, but you have to acknowledge this isn't changing. And just like you said, one thing you got to embrace is players are going to have the right and the ability to do what they want and move where they want moving forward. So you have to be willing to understand that. And think about the the ability to log on and see the portal, the updated portal list, and where you are at your favorite team and where you rank and the players you're after. You know, and the the crystal ball, and knowing that we've already seen the the fever pitch for the high school recruiting in that same manner and what they're creating here with the ranking system. Everyone loves rankings, a lists. And that's what he's doing here with the transfer portal that continues to grow by well, the day. And, and then Davey Hudson's trying to keep up with minute by minute, especially at the quarterback position. Well, and just the um, you know the plus-minus formula. Because yeah. like you said, yeah. the, the really good teams, you just want to stay close to even. You don't want to lose too yeah. much. More because you're going to lose no matter what. Because you're already so good. Those that are way down, you add four or five transfers, and boom, your plus rating is way up there. May not be, though, indicative of how good of a team you're going to be the next year. The NFL playoff picture when we return, and consider in the AFC, one team benched their 5-2 and two starting quarterback because they didn't think they were going to make the postseason but continue to start. And a, a division leader in the Titans fired their general manager today with five games remaining, knowing that they're going to win the AFC South. They clinch with a win over Jacksonville this week. That's next. Now. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. 
It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. I'll kick 360. I'll kick 360 rolls on NFL playoff picture in just a moment. But first, big news in Major League Baseball chat. John Heyman, uh, let me see here, make sure he's not deleted this tweet. Oh, gosh. Okay. He has not. Okay. So, John Heyman, eight minutes ago, John Heyman covers the Yankees for the New York Post. Um, I, you have to always double-check. Yes, I Because even blue check mark, marks can be purchased now, right? So, you never know. He's got 806,000 followers. So, this is the beat writer for the Yankees. Read this because I'm actually going to – I'm glad you double-checked this because he's tweeted something else since then. He tweeted uh, eight minutes ago, Aaron Judge appears headed to the Giants. But because of uh, an autocorrect problem, it says arson judge – Appears headed to Giants, which has sparked, pun intended, a ton of jokes about Arson Judge lighting the hopes and dreams of Yankees fans ablaze. Now, and then people saying that he was on fire last year. John Heyman then tweets out a minute ago. Oh, no. Giants say they have not heard on Aaron Judge. And then he apologizes for jumping the gun. So he's not saying he's, his report is inaccurate. He's saying he just broke the news to the San Francisco Giants that Aaron Judge is joining their franchise. Yeah, I think, well, obviously, he's this. talking to a Yankees source yeah. that he trusts. He's the Yankees beat writer. Wow. The Yankees believe he is, they've been informed that Aaron Judge is going to sign with the Giants. <laughs> Can you imagine being the Giants right now? Like, oh, we're, we're getting Judge? Just everyone in their we, offices. Yeah. Hey, who's this Heyman guy? Is he reliable? <laughs> you know, they're all look, like Googling John Heyman right now to see how many stories he's been accurate about, hoping that he's accurate about this one. Oh, yeah. Gary Sheffield Jr. with a great tweet. I refuse to believe any of these reports until one of the real reporters says something. John can't even spell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Arson Judge should take off. This and he has, I'll wait for Jeff, and then we'll this, get mad about this. Uh, there should be T-shirts made if he's a giant <laughs> with uh, ar- him as an arsonist. Oh, the arson's going to take place in New York. Could be, the Bronx will burn once again. Yeah. If this is confirmed, we will uh, pass it on as the show continues. Uh, it's been a very fast-paced show. Yeah, we, a lot of news. Very newsy yeah. Tuesday. It's been a news day, if you will. Uh, Hutton, this also some more news. Barry Odom. Former Missouri head coach, current Arkansas defensive coordinator, is leaving to be the head coach at UNLV. Maybe he'll be at Delmonico Steakhouse tonight with Shannon Terry to celebrate. But Barry Odom, back into the head coaching ranks, will leave Arkansas as defensive coordinator to be head coach at UNLV. He's a big part of Sam Pittman's success at Arkansas. That's a big position to fill. Last year, they were one of three or four programs, I believe, total, that did not have a single change on their coaching staff. 
whatsoever. And the big one's, of course, coordinator yeah. with Odom and then Kendall Bryles. And it didn't pay off. And a big part of that, I think, is Jefferson's injury and health concerns and not really knowing how healthy he was. But still, a drop-off. Um, yeah, I mean, that he's going to be missed. You're right. He's a big reason why big part of the identity fit at, at Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, the AFC playoff picture, extremely intriguing uh, because you have a 7-5 and five Tennessee Titans team in the four seed right now where Vrabel admits after they lose to the Eagles and back-to-back losses to the Bengals and the Eagles that they're at a crossroads where they got to figure out how to play their best football this time of year, and right now they're not playing like a good football team. Paraphrasing, but that's what he's saying. Two days later, general manager John Robinson fired, and that is certainly out of the ordinary timing-wise for GMs to hit the curb, especially, especially ones that are about to win their division. As we head into week 14, though, the Bills get the first round by. They benefit from the Bengals' win over Kansas City. They win on Thursday night football, and by virtue of a tiebreaker, they win the most, even though they didn't play on Sunday. They played last Thursday. They have the first round by. So, Chad, last week we were talking about the Bills going on the road. Today we're talking about the Bills having home field advantage, which is where they the expectations were in week one. They're right back there again. Chiefs would host the Jets right now. The Jets remain in as the seventh seed. And going into break, I said, you've got one AFC a contender, quote unquote contender, that is uh, in in the playoff mix. They're leading their division. They just fired their GM at seven and five. Meanwhile, you have Zach Wilson, who is five and two, as the starting quarterback. They weren't five and two because of Zach Wilson, but Robert Sala made the move. He's benched Wilson in favor of Mike White. And while Mike White, the first half was a, a lot was to be desired. He did pick up the offense in the second half, and you see where, despite the loss to Minnesota, you see where the Jets have more life and more capabilities with the arm of Mike White compared to what we've seen so far from Zach Wilson. They're the seventh seed. On the road, though, matchups, the Ravens win 10-9 over Denver, and by virtue of that win with Huntley at quarterback, they would host right now as the AFC North leader, the Miami Dolphins who fell to 8-4 and four after their loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And again, the Titans would host the Bengals. This is a great bracket as it stands right now. I love this. Dolphins-Ravens in Baltimore, my favorite matchup of this one. Not overly giddy about Cincinnati and Nashville again to take on the Titans in the first round, but Jets at Chiefs would be incredible. Again, this if the season ended today. And you mentioned the Bills' home field advantage, Hutton. That is huge. And it would be the Bills rooting for... Bad weather, but not awful weather. Why? Because if it snows too much, as we've seen, they might have to move a playoff game to Detroit. I don't think Detroit's going to be in the playoffs, so that their their building's going to be open. But can you? I mean, I mean, the first thing I th- thought of when I saw the news about the snow moving in and moving the well, game was, what if this happens in January? Well, so and all of that work to build that home field oh, advantage right. in Western New York in front of the Bills Mafia breaking frozen tables before the game in a tailgate to have bad weather, a team going up there right. and to have that advantage to be wiped away because the league would have to move a game because the weather gets too bad. Well, what it would do. So the, the scenario there that you're talking about the league, I mean, we knew for about a week out that that storm was going to hit, right? That's why they moved it because they were concerned with emergency personnel. If that hits the night before, I mean, they're playing the game there. 
no different than the fog bowl or the ice bowl. You know, if it hits immediately, you're playing in those elements. I think it's the lead up that would scare away the the and rightfully so the emergency responders needing to make sure that they have the right people in place that can help the citizens and not necessarily help the the football team. Although the citizens, I think, would probably vote to help the football team. Yeah, they'd rather say, you know, uh, just leave the cops here for us. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I can make it in this snowstorm. I don't care if I've been barricaded in by eight feet of snow. The Bills need to host a playoff game to get to a Super Bowl and win it. And Hutton, I don't know how many of our listeners or viewers have been to Kansas City in January. We have. Uh, it can get very cold. Chad, I've been in the, <laughs> it, the it, coldest it, I've ever been was on the sidelines where. Oh, that kickoff. was the December game where it was uh, uh, and, Ryan Suckup hit the long field goal yeah, to win it for the Titans. Yeah, the the standing on the Arrowhead at Arrowhead, Suckup hit the, the field goal back at the place where he first started his career. It was four degrees at kickoff, and it got below zero. It was so cold that my phone fully charged from pregame. By the time it was the 10-minute mark of the first quarter, my phone had died. Yeah. Because my battery refused to work on the sideline of that game. That's how cold Hutton, it was. I've got a worse story than that. When we were in Kansas City for Titans-Chiefs AFC Championship game in January, mm -hmm. that was like teens, maybe down to single digits during that game. Very cold. But I was waiting for an Uber, and by the time I walked from the heated press box to the Uber, which is probably 800 yards away, Probably. At the, the top of that hill, hill yep. close to the baseball stadium, yep. my phone was dying, and the Uber driver was lost and could not <laughs> find me. And I'm sitting there waiting on this guy and trying to call him before my phone. I mean, the power is going down in record time because it's so cold, and I'm trying to warm my phone up to save the battery. The guy cannot find me, does not speak great English, and I'm trying to explain <laughs> where I am. I'm, I don't know the city. I'm telling him what all is around me to try to come get me. And I'm convinced because I had to leave the game a little bit early to go to the airport and no one else is around. I'm thinking, I'm going to freeze to death out here. Like for the first time, I'm like, I don't know if I can. I'm going to have to break out the window of one of these cars to get in for some sort of warmth <laughs> because I might die if my phone <laughs> dies. And I'm walking around looking at people with portable chargers. It was that bad. I was like um, the scene in Sopranos when they're lost out in the, the woods. Chad's the gonna, he's gathering kindling to start a fire. <laughs> Yeah. Next to the stadium. You guys come back out. Are you okay? <laughs> just, People just driving by. I'm one with the parking lot. I've just started my own fire. I've, I've, I've fashioned different pieces of cloth yeah. from curtains that I found bre breaking into homes in the area and wrapped it around me. KC fans are driving by and go, man, when did we turn into San Francisco and L.A.? Look at this guy. I look like John J. Rambo in First Blood. <laughs> I've, I've got my own clothes that I've made out of it. I'm chasing rats out of holes. That was uh, me in Kansas City. Also, moral of the story for everyone, also cold. Kansas City gets freezing cold in January. I know it's a shocker to some. Yeah, and as long as there's not a buildup to some massive storm, I don't, I don't think they can move it in time, um, especially given the fact of the other elements we've seen teams play through. What do you think, Hudson? Well, I know Detroit's not going to have to worry about hosting a playoff game, so yeah. that, that venue will be open. But the, the thing about the Bills having to go to Detroit – they are the first team to win back-to-back -back games at Ford Field since 2016. So I don't think they would mind having to go back there. What Obviously, they, they lose home field advantage, but hey. See, now that is a stat. Davey right Hudson there. stealing one of my one big thing on every NFL uh, game this week. You robbed it for tomorrow? No, when I, is one big thing coming? Thursday. Well, he could have just added to it. No, it's fine. I you mean, know it's, what? it's great. Because of Davey's it's a great stat, example. it's now two big things on every <laughs> NFL game, and that's going to be the second big thing. 
That is so embarrassing for the Detroit Lions, too. But they've now won back-to-back games for the first time in, yeah, I think that's right, in this regime's history in Detroit. Well, I had the stat earlier this week. The Bills became the first team ever in NFL history to win three Thursday night games in the same season, while also becoming the first team in NFL history to beat four Super Bowl champion winning head coaches all on the road in one season. Wow. To your point, Hutton, the Lions will have an opportunity to get the back-to-back game this week against the Vikings. And somehow, even though they're, what, 5-7, and seven, they're the favorite over the 10-2 and two Vikings. So, something well, to keep an eye on. So, they haven't won back-to-back games this year. I thought they had. No, See, they've won back-to-back games, just not back-to-back games oh, at Ford Field. at Ford Field, yeah. Well, still, that's the first time with Dan Campbell they've won back-to-back games, period. The unfriendly confines of Ford Field. That was surprising when I saw that they were a favorite. Even though the, the, the Lions, it's because the Lions are playing a lot better. I mean, at five and seven, they're, mean, they're on, for the Lions, they're on a heater. The note that they have now scored 31 or more in three of their last four victories. They've won four of their last five. And the only loss was the 28-25 loss to, to Buffalo in that five-game stretch. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360. Coming up, uh, we'll give uh, final thoughts on uh, today's big news with John Robinson being fired. Continue to hit the headlines. We'll see if uh, John Heyman, Chad, has confirmed the report he's already kind of confirming by saying the Giants don't know and he apologized for jumping the gun. Does that mean he jumped the gun on the news or that he is this like, is this Schefter announcing Brady's retirement prematurely, but everyone, but he never denied it and it ended up being true? You know what I mean? Is this the equivalent of that or is he saying that the report's not accurate? I don't read into it that same way. It's very confusing. Here's, here's my guess. He tweets this out, and a principal involved in this story sent him a text and said, that's not true right now. <laughs> could be Aaron Judge, could be a Giants person, could be any number of things. We haven't heard from Aaron. Someone, again, a principal involved that he would believe that's close to the story said, nope, not yet, or now's not the time, or that's not true, to where he wants to sort of retract. We will also take a look at the NFC playoff picture when we return on Outkick 360. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A couple of big news nuggets today as we wrap up OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Baker Mayfield claimed by the Los Angeles Rams today. They were the only team to place a claim for Mayfield on waivers. Even at that $1.3 million salary, no one else jumped in for Baker Mayfield. It's the same as... This whole offseason, really, which has been strange, trading for Baker Mayfield, even though the Browns are going to have to eat some of that contract. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo, while the broken ankle is not great, it's not going to require surgery. It's not the Liz Frank injury, which means, based on the rehab process, he could be available in seven to eight weeks. As we sit here today, we're 10 weeks from the Super Bowl. So that means he could return midway through a, a postseason run, could return midway through a postseason run for the 49ers. And Titans general manager John Robinson today fired by the team that is 7-5 and five, sitting atop the AFC South. Chad, 
the Packers sit atop the wins total for the league. It's an amazing stat. There are some numbers that just I see or I hear, and it kind of goes in one ear, ear and out the other. This one, when I when I first read it, just blew me away. So, Packers and Bears played on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers had the salute to the Bears crowd on his way out because he owns the Chicago Bears. But with that win, the Packers jumped the Bears for most wins in NFL history. They were dead even at 786 wins apiece. And these two teams happened to meet in December of 2022 in the Bears' 103rd season in the NFL, the Chicago Bears slash Decatur Staley's, and the Green Bay Packers in their 102nd season. At the oldest stadium in the league. Yes. And the Packers joined in year two of the Bears' existence. And the overall records were Bears. Bears now are 786 and 620 with 42 ties. The Packers, 787 wins, 589 losses, 38 ties. So a better winning percentage for the Mm. Packers and now more wins. Packers number one, most wins in NFL history. Bears number two. It's just amazing to me that they meet, and that's how it, you know they pass them. After all this time, over 100 years of NFL history, that's where it happens. I thought that was pretty cool. And on top of that, they're up 10 nothing, And then Aaron Rodgers leads the comeback with Christian Watson. Aaron Rodgers goes Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's like, I, mean, I really love this franchise. I really love this city. It's like a second home, I think is what he said post-game uh, for, for his performance where he continues to win over Chicago. Um, still no official word on Aaron Judge from anyone other than John Heyman, who tweeted out that uh, Giants have not heard, they have not heard on Aaron Judge, my apologies for jumping the gun. This after he's saying that it appears as though Judge is, is about to become a, a San Francisco Giant with the massive contract. Chad, just wrapping up our thoughts on, on Robinson being fired today, just briefly, um, you know, we're, we're stunned. I, I still await further details because I'm like you. There has to be more behind the scenes with this. It just does. The timing. The timing's off. You know, everyone, there's a lot of Twitter discussion about it today, social media, and people are going through, well, here's the reason why he's no longer the coach or the GM because this draft pick, this draft pick, trade. Yeah, AJ Brown, we all understand what went wrong for, for John Robinson. I, I just have not been able to figure out why this timing. There's no advantage to it other than if it's some sort of morale issue or something where it's just untenable and the two sides can no longer work with each other. It's not as if you're going to get a head start in a GM search where you're going to go poach someone from another franchise right now. It's not going to happen until after the season. So it's a message from Amy Adams drunk. but there also has to be some practicality behind it. Yeah, I don't think she's someone who just makes a decision all willy-nilly and because she wants to appease the fans. But I do think that there is an element of timing with this. No doubt. That is definitely a signal to John Robinson and a signal to the fans that we as an organization do not fully support the trading away of A.J. Brown that this guy wanted to do, and we are we have placed him, and maybe rightfully so, squarely under that bus as they head out of Philadelphia because A.J. Brown put one on the Titans, and the Titans do not look like a Super Bowl contender, and Amy Adams, drunk Titans owner, is also saying where this 
organization needs to be is contending for Super Bowls, and that's not the reality. It's just weird that you come to that conclusion at 7-5 and five, knowing you're going to the postseason with a win over Jacksonville. Guaranteed. And you're going to win your third straight division? Yeah, they never had a losing season with him as GM. Six NFL seasons, no losing records, going on a seventh. So this is going to be, I believe, it's going to be close. But I think they're going to have a winning record this year too, which would be 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, The Buccaneers now sit in the driver's seat for the NFC South after last night's Monday night football victory over the Saints. Here's a look at the NFC playoff picture where the Buccaneers at six and six would host right now the Dallas Cowboys who are at nine and three. Now, consider this. um, the, the, The Christmas Eve game between the Cowboys and the Eagles who sit atop the NFC. Intriguing because who knows what happens down the stretch. But that could be Philadelphia on the road again in Tampa for the opening round of the postseason. It's not out of the realm of possibility based on how Dallas is also playing. They've scored 50-plus twice this year. Uh, The Seahawks, by the way, the seven seed, they have a a nice win this past weekend, and it was Geno Smith's first game-winning drive since 2014. He's going to be comeback player of the year, and that's an example why. And deserve it. They, uh, They are on their way to the playoffs as long as they continue uh, this path that they're on with their schedule. They're a good but not great team. Kenneth Walker III has a bum ankle, so that's that's one to watch. They would be on the road against Minnesota. The Giants currently have that other spot, not the Commanders, based on the tie. But again, that will be the Commanders or the Giants right now on the road against San Francisco. San Francisco doesn't have Jimmy G. The Giants and Commanders still have a lot to say there. And then, you know, who knows what really happens in the NFC South? One team's getting in there. How many out of the out of the East? Right now, three. But if the 49ers, you know, they're if they drop off, you've got a bad team. Potentially the Seattle Seahawks winning the division, which opens up another spot if San Francisco drops out because Jimmy G's no and the longer. The Commanders the are around also. No doubt. More tomorrow if you'll join us at 3 o'clock Eastern for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.